0: Hello, babes. Welcome back to Coffee and Tequila, the show for people who love stories. Where you get a morning <laughs> show on Mondays and, Monday, and a late, late show, show on, on Fridays. Fridays. You Except stole for my line. We, they, oh, sorry. Except for when we just like completely ignored the show and <laughs> it everybody just, we're gonna be back and we
1: done do Then just push an episode because. We were both...
0: <laughs> listen, okay, I, I apologize deeply. Scotty Bowers, this was supposed to be this past Monday. You're going to get it on a Friday. It makes more sense, you know? This he was is a, a
1: party kind of guy. It's a
0: sexcapades episode. Yeah. Do you really want to listen to that on a Monday morning, go into work? Hmm. No, I don't I, think so. I, I don't know. Friday night party makes a lot more if sense. If you would like to listen to it on Monday, just listen to it on Monday. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, no, like, lately it's been crazy. Um. Alistair is, like, starting training, so... First, Alistair got sick, and then it got me sick. And then he is starting training, and so, like, it's all your schedule, baby. That's, like, kind of pushing I, well, us, throwing uh, us out of whack we, a little bit.
1: Our, our, our next handful of episodes are going to be interesting (laughs) Um, we're maneuvering our whole schedule we're trying to like but it'll be a very exciting time i think for you
0: I have to figure out how to do episodes without him. So there's going to be a couple episodes without Alistair. I don't know. We're, we're just fine. We were eventually
1: right going to be able to do stuff like that. <laughs> so
0: like the sooner, the better. That's what I say. Hey, we're back. That's all that matters. We're back every Monday and Friday. Um, as always, this episode is kindly being sponsored by Helix Sleep. And we'll let you know a little bit more about him a little bit later. But first, what are do we doing? What what are we sipping today for this late show? We always do a sipper. I
1: hope you guys are having a sipper. Let us know what you're sipping today. What are yes, we sipping, baby? Um, well, Scotty Bowers was a notorious teetotaler. And for people who don't know what that what is, is that? a teetotaler with back then's slang was somebody who didn't very much enjoy drinking alcohol, so they would drink tea instead. Is that what that word
0: was? I had no idea what that meant. I think i okay. Yeah. So that's, a, a, a,
1: that's what it means. And um, I decided, you know, well, we, we'd respect him a little bit. And I made us some tea. Which is weird because he was a bartender too. Well, he was he was a bartender. Oh, he was. Oh, a bartender so you might just like, some, just so, so. Is it sober tea? I, I put some chamomile tea, and you know what? I don't want to do sober tea. Uh he was also a bartender, so we gotta respect him in that sense too. So, just a little bit. What is that? Of lemon juice. Lemon juice. Oh, there better be alcohol coming. Oh, baby, and. Uh, a healthy dose of tequila there you go
0: just a splash of tequila i don't want that much and
1: there you go we got some tequila toddies in our the view mugs we got some tequila Scotties. Tequila Scotties. Oh, Alistair my god! I just made a
0: new drink, everybody. I hope you're drinking a tequila Scottie with us.
1: <laughs> I just thought of that, too. It's not <laughs> even in my notes.
0: Okay, here you go. Come on, let's okay. Cheers to it. What are we cheers? Cheers to the
1: freaking weekend. Che- Scotty Bowers. Cheers to the weekend. Cheers to, um, I don't know, I guess sex. Six. Yeah, cheers sex. Cheers to sex. I, I guess that's what... Scotty would be cheers and sex and tricks. Yeah, he'd say, now everybody take your
0: clothes off. He's like, is this not <laughs> Um, This episode might get a little bit graphic, just so everybody knows. Um, there might be like a trigger warning at some point during it also. Yes. And I'll give you guys the trigger warning right before. You can skip forward, whatever. Um, but yeah, after we did our Tab and Tony episodes, everybody was like, Oh, you have to cover Scotty Bowers. Do you guys know Full Service? The book Full we Service. Did not. What about the um, Scotty Bowers and the Secret History of Hollywood? And everybody was like suggesting it, so we looked it up. And we were like, "Wait a minute, is this the Ryan Murphy show that we just watched?"
1: Exactly, and it was, I mean, and be, it be, was because in the first couple of chapters, you're you're starting to get like because it's a whole gas station get up, yeah. stuff you know, and, and w- which is what you got from the Ryan Murphy ho- Hollywood show, which we liked. We didn't love. We liked it. It's huh? Okay. I don't know, but... It totally made me want to watch it Go, again. I do want to
0: watch it again yeah. because going into it, I had that visual in my head now of the of the gas station and yeah. all that. Because that's the legend, right? It's like Scotty Bowers worked at a gas station and he would he was basically the Hollywood's like best pimp and he would pimp all, out you know all of his Marine buddies and all of his friends he, in Hollywood he, and everybody he, he would didn't come like to this. the term pimp though. Nah, it's okay. We're gonna use the term pimp anyway. Yeah. Well, because uh, he
1: didn't make any money off of his. He didn't make any. I thought that was off. interesting, but we'll yeah. kind of get into
0: it. Um. So we 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 did buy the book, full service. We watched the documentary first yes and the documentary was interesting i think the book definitely if you want more detail if you want the details and you want all of the like salacious stories uh the book is the way to go because there wasn't yeah. that many in the
1: documentary I, I think it's almost better so we watched the documentary then read the book mm-hmm. or actually we we read half the book then watched the documentary then finished the book but i definitely think the book comes after i mean the documentary comes after the book yeah well yeah and This was like 2012 and the documentary was like 2017, 18, something like that. And there's much more about his life now and after he's published the book and him like talking about his life and um, talking about what, you know, giving away all these secrets, these Hollywood secrets yeah. that he's had. And there's also some pretty cool pictures in the documentary. There's a lot of
0: the, uh, in the documentary. even there's cool pictures in the book too. But the documentary gives a lot of like just. Scotty Bowers has, I guess, just a trove of of sex tapes, like you know, yeah, old, you like, sex like sex tapes, tapes on film. And um, uh, there's one, nudie pictures. And just like they, like there was one point in the documentary and it came up and it just said and the caption was, "Scotty Scotty Bowers at an orgy," and it's just like him like sucking <laughs> dick and like the dicks are like. Um, kind 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 of like pixelated, but like you can very much tell what's going on. And like you just have this whole sex tape in this this documentary and I was shook. I couldn't believe it. And
1: some uh, pretty tasteful nudes, I think.
0: Yeah. Scotty Bowers lived a life though, man. Like he lived, I think Scotty Bowers was somebody who seems like he was very happy with his life and very happy to just live life and enjoy it and really accepted that. Things happen in life, and yes. you just roll with the punches and you keep going. right?
1: He, he's definitely somebody that you can definitely apply the love is love, and he just wanted to go out and love people, yeah, as much as possible, especially physically. But also, like he did favors for his friends for you know asking for nothing in return. Yeah, he was a very giving person throughout. You know, we, a very well, what person. we could tell, what we. Could t- t- tell this book, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Not really <laughs> you up that much. <laughs> yes, <it is. laughs> uh,
0: these owls are a little pretty. Um, the the documentary really reminded me of Great Gardens. I got a lot of Grey Gardens vibes because this guy was, like, a massive hoarder, like, and he has, like, two, three houses, and so he just, the documentary is just him, like, bouncing around to all of his different houses, going through, like, all of his hoarding um, of just, like, the past 70,
1: 80 years. And he had a bunch of, we actually talked about for a second what, this sounds bad, but. Baby, we are doing a Sexcapades episode. Get
0: on the horse. what, What the estate sale would be like? Oh, you just find an accidental like nude of like JFK or something like that. Yeah, I don't know. Like, you probably find something. The actual there. like history J- that was
1: in, <laughs> in, in in like all of these like because he had he had two houses yeah. full of stuff. And then he had a couple of I don't want to say Connexes, but what are they called? Um, storage units, storage units yeah. full of stuff too. So
0: and then like a random like his friend's ashes in the in trunk of his car that was just car. sitting in storage for like ever, and then he just yeah. decided to go ahead and one day and like spread the ashes in his backyard. It was just freaking wild in the hole. In his it's porch. like it feels surreal watching him just like bounce around to Hollywood. But we'll we'll kind of get into that coming up. We'll cover full service. We'll cover the life of Scotty Bowers. But first. A word from our sponsor. Now it's time to tell y'all a little bit about our sponsor for today's episode, Helix Sleep. Helix is a premium mattress and a box company that makes beds to fit your unique sleep style. Helix Sleep is back. We love our Helix mattress. It's one of our favorite things in our house.
1: Our favorite bedfellow, if our, you will.
0: Everybody, well, We're talking all about beds today, and so the Helix Sleep <laughs> makes a lot of sense today. <laughs> um, we have had less people in our Helix Sleep mattress, but it can, it can comfortably fit four or five people, I think. I
1: would say so. Should we try it? <laughs> I, would, I would not say so <laughs> i don't know
0: uh well, yeah we absolutely love our helix mattress we've had it for like two years now we've had we have a king size helix uh midnight lux mattress and we also have a in storage a uh part as part of our hoarding in our storage yes our um uh queen size midnight lux mattress
1: I mean, I mean, with this, it just seems like the, the it's a perfect sponsor for a Scotty Bowers story. It seems like it, doesn't it? It does.
0: Helix knows that everybody is different and everybody has their own unique needs, and so they've made a sleep quiz that'll match you with your perfect mattress based on your needs. I am an all-over sleeper. Alistair is more of a side sleeper. He likes a firm mattress. I like, uh, you know, more medium We took the quiz together and we got the Midnight Mattress. One of the best parts about Helix is that they deliver the mattress right to your door for free. It comes rolled up in a box and is super easy to set up yourself. And if it makes you nervous to buy something online that you haven't tried, Helix has a 100-night sleep trial, so you get more than three months to make sure that you absolutely love it. And if you don't, they'll pick it up for you and you'll get a full refund you or somebody you know is in the market for a new mattress and you think that helix sounds right for you you can go to helixsleep.com slash tequila you can get up to two hundred dollars off of your mattress and two free pillows mm. what is it that you called this a Scotty Toddy. Scotty Toddy. Oh, I'm a little proud of you, buddy, for coming Thank up it on, on the spot. Look I'm a you. cocktail sewer. cock a cock Scotty Co-screw? Bowers was a, a sex-couture. You're a cock <laughs> Are we drunk already? He was a sip. He was I don't a know. sip. Let's just, let's... Oh, but we go into the story of Scotty Bowers? I think that's a good way to go.
1: So Scotty was a farm boy in Illinois. Yeah. Yes. He had to get up and smell the chickens, as they say at the farm. Mm-hmm. Um, and he had a brother and a mother and a father and a sister, younger sister. A sister. Yeah. And uh, he'd get up and help with farm cho- chores and he loved going to school. Like a real farm boy. He was like yes. this. And
0: this is like Scotty Bowers was in his family. Like he was growing up during the great depression. So like, it was really rough. Um, his way of life, his childhood seemed like really rough because he would wake up really early, go out, tend to the farm animals to the cows right before going to school. And then he'd hop on. I found this really funny that he would hop on his pony and like ride to the schoolhouse and then after school ride back and do do more farm chores and homework and
1: well you know he he did that because kids back then you had had to get to school in very weird ways oh yeah yeah, yeah. your grandparents yeah. and your parents will never back let you back in the forget. day i had back, to get my pony i had to I, he, the he really depression. said that and that's in this book he really said
0: i had to hop on the back of my pony and ride down the unpaved road <laughs> he said unpaved road to the schoolhouse and he sometimes he would go by his friend's house and they'd hop on the back too they didn't have a saddle so they just hop on the back of the pony and
1: to get me an education
0: <laughs> but life was really i would have loved a pony my mom had a pony when she was younger uh, my papa bought my, her a bony. My sister had a horse
1: mm. for a very small amount of time. Never had a pony. What the hell is that? I don't know. I feel like it's it's not a big portion of the population that, that do ponies yeah. now. Especially, I feel like back then, and he was not a wealthy. They, they were, they not, were wealthy. not a wealthy family. Mm-hmm. They were definitely hurting from the Great Depression, just they, like all of the farms around them mm-hmm. were hurting at, the, uh, hurting at the time. But really from the get-go, Scotty seems to be like, a very positive person. I think that's a, that's the theme that we're going to see, is that Scotty yeah.
0: is just positive throughout life, and he always, like, looks at life in a really positive way, even though, like... This stuff he's describing is really bleak. Like his upbringing seems really bleak. Like his parents are always fighting because they're like worried about money all the time. They like really can't afford this farm. You know they're struggling to like keep this farm going. It's really the grandma owns the farm, right? Like yes. it, and the par- parents are just living on there and they're working on there and and it seems like you know everybody in town is the same way. You know everybody's struggling for food. Everybody is struggling. It is the Great Depression. Um So it's it's like a really bleak childhood, but he still like spins it in a in, in a, a the most positive way. F- no, I wouldn't say the Almost most, but like
1: positive.
0: Yeah. So kind of a trigger warning right here. We're going to kind of talk about like a few of the, uh, sexual abuse situations that Scotty went through as a child. Um, yes. so just keep skipping through if this is not something you want to listen to. We're not really going to go into detail. We're just going to kind of touch on it because I think the way he puts it in the book is like notable to talk about. It's notable to yes. talk about the way he puts it in the book. So Scotty and his family have this, this, I don't know, other farm next to a neighbor, this
1: family <laughs> friend, neighbor, <laughs> a neighbor. Or they're a, called neighbors, uh, a like the father of one of his friends. So yeah, the a, father I've of one of his in. friends,
0: basically groom, grooms Scotty, and Scotty's like I don't know, six or seven years old at this point, and um this this neighbor guy grooms him and would like walk him home, would like kiss him on the forehead, would like caress his leg and like different things like that, and then at one point he starts taking him into the shed, and Scott the way Scotty puts it in this is like Scotty says. I, I, you know, we were all really aware of sex uh, because we saw farm animals doing it all the time. We saw dogs and cats doing it all the time. Sometimes we would even hear our parents doing it in the next room and like Mm -hmm. peek in and like look at it and stuff like this. So he was very aware of sex. He knew what that was like, you know, like all kids, you know, you show private parts to each other and stuff like that. And then so he but the way he like puts this grooming situation is more like. Uh, more like a first sexual experience rather than he was taken advantage of and like sexually abused.
1: Yes. And I think that we're definitely getting his perspective, especially as he's young with this. Mm-hmm. And it's interesting because, one, he was definitely definitely abused yeah. but his mind at the time and his mind when he was writing think, the book yeah. didn't perceive it that way
0: he still didn't perceive it that way even yes. as he was writing the book he perceives it as it's like, like he a, was a very sweet man he, he was said, like
1: talking about stuff like that you know i would miss him a lot i could tell he loved me and know? he
0: doesn't say that the guy abused him he says that it was something that he wanted he wanted and that felt good yeah. to him and that he went along with and uh, this was something that he wanted and that he he really drives home the point that like i felt no shame no guilt no nothing and i find this really Problematic, Not because Scotty should have been feeling guilt or anything like that, but the other guy should have, right? Yes. Like, it's not for Scotty to feel guilt, but, like, he's really driving home that point that, like, I don't feel guilt about that. I don't feel, like, shame about that. It didn't didn't make me feel any, like, bad. Well, you know, it it wouldn't make you feel bad, would it? Um, It might, like, scare other kids and stuff like that, but that doesn't happen to everybody. Sometimes it, it does feel good, but, like, that still... You were you were still sexually abused and the yes. other man sh- still should have been held accountable he still did this to you he groomed you and Scotty is very much like removing himself from that and saying no that didn't happen to me it was something that I wanted but like at six
1: or seven years old no, that's not something you want and it's, it's not something you want but uh, it's also not something that like for him he I think is still think of it in that mindset instead mm-hmm. of like really giving the responsibility to the adult. I think
0: he takes this one. Another thing throughout this book is like he really does seem to take responsibility for every situation. And he's trying to take responsibility for every situation, even a situation like this, where he was sexually abused. He's taking responsibility for and saying, no, I wanted this because. OK, so they, they during the Great Depression, all that, you know, it's really bleak. Um, and the family has to move. They have to. Grandma has to sell off all the lov- livestock and has to give portions of the farm to other people in the neighboring area
1: to, to work it off for her. So, yes, they still own it. But, they're, but like they're like making a portion if somebody else does a They're basically renting
0: parts of their farm yeah. to other people. But the family has to move to Chicago. The mom and dad get divorced, and Scotty basically goes out and gets a bunch of jobs at like 10 years old because he
1: he wants to take care of his family. Well, he has
0: to take care of his family like his mom is like kind of reliant on his 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 income so that they can eat, you know. He um yes. it's a single parent household
1: now. Well, it, 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 he he really frames it in a way like, "Hey, this is the start of my entrepreneurship." You know. Yeah. This is me so I I went ahead and I took initiative and I started selling the paper. And then I was like, "Hey, if I'm selling the paper, I'm also going to shine sh- some sh- shoes." Yeah. And then he keeps on going up from there, and then it's- so basically, like he
0: is out all the time, and he's out yes. really late hours, and the mom is not questioning it because he's bringing in money for the family, right? So like he has no supervision; he's just out doing what he wants, and he ends up. I, I'm gonna like briefly go through this. He just ends up basically being molested by like a ring of priests yes, um, and being passed around to them. And he also frames this the same way he framed the, the neighbor story is that this was something he wanted that felt good to him and he was getting money
1: for it. And that made him really happy. Cause the priest would pay him, pay him uh, yeah. uh, uh, the, more than he would make, you know, doing his normal newspaper rounds and it's, and he'd come back late and it seemed like, and this sounds maybe a little bit bad, but That he was bringing in enough money that his family didn't want to question it.
0: Well, of course they wouldn't have questioned it, and and they they whether they suspected anything or not, they would have. It's money, you know. So like, it's whatever. Um, they need to eat, but again, like Scotty's framing this as like it's something I wanted that therefore it wasn't anything bad. It's not anything bad that happened. You know, Um, I benefited from it, and it's like this is all irrelevant. This doesn't matter. You were still. Molested. You were sexually abused by all of these men who should have been held accountable.
1: This is also something we encountered. If you watch our Tony, uh, our Tab and Tony episodes, I saw a lot of parallels in yes. this. Yes, it, it, well, because it seemed like, especially even back then, you know, the priesthood was really taken advantage of their position. Over young kids. Well,
0: sexual abuse at that time was really rampant because nobody was talking about it. And it was so taboo that, like, sexual abuse... What was sexual abuse at that time? Like, could... Like, nobody was talking about kids being molested, you know? That wasn't something that happened. Everybody put that at the back of their mind. That's something that could never happen. And so, something like this, like... I think that it, that's his dated mindset that's like really looking at this and looking at this through a lens that it's like, oh, but it's something that I wanted. Well, it, and it doesn't matter if it's something that you wanted, something that felt good, irrelevant. It is, it is, It was something that they did that they should have been held accountable for and that was
1: not okay in any shape or form. No, no, I, 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 I definitely agree. But this is also the start of his, I guess, he is the... Reading through his book, he's yeah. the most non-judgmental person yeah. I've uh, ever probably read. Sometimes to a fault. Sometimes to a fault, and I I, I think in, in this place too. But um, it's uh, it, it's 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 a stupid situation that he should have never been in because yeah. of them, and I um, mean because factoring in the fact that he needed to bring. Money home as a young child. Yeah. And that burden, that extra burden that that's put on you, uh, where you're doing things that you don't actually know what, what, what And it he is. probably did have
0: like a burden from that, right? Yeah. And so then he would go out and he would be sexually satisfied as a youngin' and, and, he would say this is another like kind of theme that we're going to see is that he uses sex a lot whenever he's like in a moment of stress or like in, in any moment of distress, he like immediately goes into sex and like that's a, that's a cure for him. Right. That's a coping yes. mechanism. And so I could see as a child, as, as a young that that could have been, he could have been associating that in his mind as something that was like a coping mechanism from like the stress of having to come up with this money for his family. The, right.
1: The stress of having to come up with, with the money for the family, but also the stress of, you know being at home and i don't ever you know? I,
0: I i don't want to like sit here and say oh oh scotty you know those are your views and they're wrong those are wrong views but i do think those views are like insanely problematic because of the way he's framing it it's like that something that like wasn't wrong and that everybody you know was consenting to you cannot consent as a child you just cannot and i'm, yes. I'm gonna like stick with that and we're gonna move on from that there,
1: there, there should have been some uh what is it called you know how they have the notes at the bottom yeah from the edit from the actual editor I said, hey, I you can know, tell in the documentary this.
0: that like they, they don't know what to do with this. Like yes. when he's talking about it and stuff like that, they're like, uh, yeah, oh, uh, uh. <laughs> like, oh, uh,
1: Scotty. But,
0: you know, that was his experience and nobody can tell him like he can't feel that way. Right. Yes. But like looking at it from anybody else, if you don't see that, that's a problem. There, there's a problem with you. Um, Scotty does go into the Marines. Uh, right after Pearl Harbor. Uh, as a paratrooper. As a paratrooper, Because yeah. he
1: made, like, an extra... I think it was, like, 50, 50 or 60 <laughs> bucks. So, they're like, going in... was just, yeah. just going in. Like, he was going to make about 50, 50 bucks a month. Extra on top yeah. of that. And he always sends money back home. He He, he is the most giving, like we said person yeah. in this book and he he really wanted this so that he could send money back home so that his family his mom could be like good and taken care of yeah and it's during like his time in the Marines that he first goes to Los Angeles
0: and when he goes to Los Angeles he's like immediately again Scotty's a very sexual guy and so we're talking about Scotty as an adult now and his like sex drive is like through the roof the mm-hmm. older he gets his, his a, sex yeah. drive just like keeps ramping up and so he goes to Los Angeles and like immediately gets into the orgy scene <laughs> like as having orgy with all of these people, and like Scotty, like almost immediately, is like pretty accepting that he just likes to fuck anybody. Yes, like men, women, like he doesn't ever have a moment where he's like questioning sexuality or anything. He's like, it's sex, you know. Like I think he was like super forward thinking with that. He does list uh, during in the orgy scene, in the uh the sexually liberated, sexually liberated scene. There's a bunch of terms that I wrote down that like were really funny to me. So, a gay man who was usually out was called a jelly bean. <laughs> uh, a gay guy who performed fellatio was called on the stem. PTM was princess tiny meat. For guys with, has, with little dicks. Penis. Yeah. Uh, McQueen was an older gay man and a Twinkie was a younger gay man. I thought those were
1: pretty funny because we still do. We still do twink. Tw- 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 I, I, I think gays use a lot of like different terms in terms yeah. of like separating people. And I think that he uses some other terms later on in the book, too. Yeah. Um, he also has a, like a fling like while he's here in Los Angeles
0: like on leave he has a fling with Cary Grant the actor yes. this really famous actor and another actor Randy Scott who Lovers. they were yes, pretty Randy much Scott. in a relationship right
1: yeah, and, and you, you see throughout the book that he just has flings with people and the thing is like I don't even know how he has that how time. do you stumble into I mean I guess it's
0: Hollywood right so like there's actors everywhere this is like the golden age of Hollywood too and so like there's actors everywhere and you know they're all like the thing about this time period is like everybody was like fucking everything right like sex was everywhere everybody wanted sex everybody was like super sexually liberated you just weren't it was like an open secret right so like they were keeping it super hushed because of middle america but you know in hollywood everybody knew that everybody was fucking everybody
1: and this also started out before the hayes laws Mm -hmm. the 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 the, the hayes clause and stuff like that, because uh, hollywood itself started out a lot more um liberal minded yeah you know, then it seemed like later on, on after the Hayes Laws that, you know, it cut off a lot of the sex and everything that that was on top of it. Yeah. But that doesn't mean that the sex left Hollywood. It never did. It was, it oh, did. It was it just did. more never. underground. It
0: seems like everybody was a lot more sexually liberated during this time, too. And then, like, at some point, we just, like, reverted back and started, you know, really going into the closet. I uh, think
1: that... I think the AIDS epidemic had a lot that was that, that was a yeah. big
0: thing. That was a big thing to do with it. Um, but so, like, while he's in the Marines, he's like, I'm, I was pretty surprised that he was like in back to back to back combat. Like, he went through a lot of conflicts. It was like, like he went in, to Iwo, Iwo in battle a lot. There was like a period yeah. of like three or four months, five months that he was just like in combat all the time, right? And like in different conflicts. Um, <laughs>
1: But he he he, which which is what you do. He built really close relationships with yeah. all his his marine buddies. Oh, he's talking like,
0: about them throughout this whole book, and like yeah. these are relationships that he like held on to throughout his entire for lot. his entire life. Yeah,
1: and, it, and relationships that really like come to be very good for him yeah. uh, later on in the book. They're like good friendships, right? Good, solid friendships.
0: Um, it's during one of these combats that his his brother dies. This was like so wild to me. And the fact that like he, we there's no, he says a lot throughout this book and like in, in, in the documentary and all that, he's like really pushing the fact that yeah, I don't have any trauma. It's okay. I'm okay. Like my, d- me being so sexually active is not because I have any trauma, right? Um, and then he says traumatic. I totally, I do not believe him. I do not believe him. And especially this, this situation right here this is the only time he like really cries in the documentary he's talking about the death of his brother so he is in combat his brother is like literally there with him a thousand feet away because he's also a marine because he joined in because Scotty was a marine and so somebody comes another soldier comes running over and is telling him i'm sorry man your brother died and like they were literally a thousand feet away he's like there there was a shell that exploded and he was killed by shrapnel and as this soldier is telling scotty about the death of his brother, another shell explodes and kills this soldier. As and Scotty Marine. is like disoriented, comes to and like sees this other Marine
1: who's also been, you know, fucking like obliterated. Exactly and, the way his brother is. So he can, it's, it's, it's a mental F up really yeah. that he, that, that he can see almost exactly the way that his brother died. Yeah. And this weighs on him and and really it weighs
0: on him but he won't like really admit that it weighs on him that's the thing is like you can see it on his face and he this is like literally the only time he really gets emotional during the documentary that you see him get emotional but like he still refuses to admit like he has any trauma you know but immediately afterwards, he just leans hard on sex. Oh, he just like he says like as soon as I get out of the Marines, I just need to fuck and I fuck everything and I'm and fucking he, all the and, time. And he was
1: like, I always check that my penis is there because I I know if I get out of this and my penis is still working, then what I'm going to do for the rest of my life is has have sex. Yeah. And you know what? Scotty did it. And he did it. He did it. He made that <laughs> he made that promise
0: to Jesus, and he said, I'm <laughs> <laughs> he said. <laughs> <laughs> and he and he did, you know, um he goes back to LA after he gets out of the Marines and uh, gets a job at this gas station, the famed gas station, a Hollywood uh, gas station. Yes. Uh, have we seen Hollywood? <laughs> yeah. He gets like a name tag that has that says Scotty on Scottie, it,
1: which is such a like a. Like, it's very a like the vibe, Ryan
0: Murphy or... show. Like I keep thinking about it, right Like I really want to go. We should watch that after this. We after we we're gonna, watch this after, okay, we're, <laughs> gonna eat, we're gonna eat pizza after this. We're gonna today. have some pizza. <laughs> We've already planned this out. <laughs> um. Yeah. So his first ever trick, though, is he's working at this gas station, and, and Walter Pigeon, the actor, comes comes driving up in this really nice expensive Lincoln so like the guy yes. knows like Scotty knows that he recognizes him right even though the guy's trying to act like a little bit discreet about it
1: uh, but, but he pretends he doesn't know who he is I know he's he's a, like he's, Walter Pigeon but he's uh, like who who <laughs> who who is you I don't know so Walter Pigeon like offers him
0: 20 bucks he says if you come with me I'll give you 20 bucks and so he gets in the car and he they they drive off and uh Walter takes him to this house like this big mansion of somebody else another actor um Jacques Potts, is Jacques there... Potts.
1: So yeah, they he's were... like a
0: he's like a hat maker for the stars. Is what I think.
1: And and, and, and the, both these men were married too, but their wives yeah. were out of town. But they were like together. So like
0: yeah, so Scotty comes to this mansion and they basically have him get naked. And like again, it's not in a, a weird like perverted way. They just, just like, like swim out the they're pool. like it's really hot. You want to go swimming? There's no need for yeah. swim trunks. You know, go ahead. And they all get naked. Like. um, Walter and, and I'm going to call him Jack because they say he's Jack in the Junk. book. Uh, Walter and Jack basically like lounge out and just watch Scotty, you, you know, like swim. swim. Scotty's around. got a great body and Scotty knows it. Scotty's like, I'm this plaything that they're watching. And I really liked just, I liked being this center I, of attention I for think them.
1: He liked that. I oh, think he absolutely. He liked that a
0: lot. Uh, absolutely. He was um, the perfect person for, to like fall into this life, right? Because he did really enjoy all of these aspects. And so they watch him and then they all, you know, go inside and they start blowing each other and having sex and that's that's his first foray into this into this lifestyle. There's a lot of fellatio in this book, let me tell you. Oh, everybody's sucking dick. Everybody's blowing. There's a lot everybody. of like I won't fuck but I'll suck
1: dick, right? Or uh I won't suck dick, but I want my dick sucked. 20 dollars or 20 dollars.
0: Oh yeah, I meant to make
1: that, no, no, because literally he got paid $20 and that's like the going rate for the thing. So, so this is where it started dollar, out. I'm every, straight, but $20 is $20.
0: Every dollar is $14. I did the math here. Okay. So, to, uh, what did we say? 20. Okay. So 20 times 14, that was like almost $300, $280 is how much they were making Damn. Per thing, right? Um, so he like really enjoys this experience. He makes a lot of money and he goes home and he's pretty okay with it. He has this living girlfriend Betty. at the time, Betty, who he literally keeps for the rest of his life or rest of her life, right? They It's this living girlfriend, but he like kind of not trashes her. He like, he says he loves her throughout the whole book, right? That she's like part of him, but he says their relationship is so dull and they just like don't have the greatest yeah, I, relationship. I, I,
1: I think they had a like probably a lot of sparks at the beginning, yeah, but it's also like he just got out of, out of the the Marines. Yeah. He probably really wanted to settle down real quick. He but was also not wanted mono- to also have a lot of sex. He was not a monogamous guy. So he thought this was like a big Hannah Montana moment. Yeah, where he could have his wife at home and then just go around and. He says that do she stuff, like you know?
0: had to have known what was going on because he was always out. And sometimes he would come out, you know, home like after, after daybreak. Well, she, and
1: she, she, started taking his hookup calls. People she, would call yeah. these
0: tricks would call their house. And, 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 and she, and she, she would notes. write the messages down, but would never ask of their relationship. a sex secretary. She kind of was. So she, and, but she would <laughs> like never up. ask questions about it. And she always just accepted it. Right. And he was bringing in a paycheck and he was bringing in a lot of money. And so she never accepted it. And she was kind of being taken care of. They even get pregnant. They have a daughter, Nana and, It seems like a decent life. Like they buy a really nice house on St. Andrews, whatever that is in in Hollywood. Um, Because Scotty's always about taking care of people. So no matter what, he was taking care of Betty. But he does like really drive home that like, yeah, my relationship with Betty was like kind of dull and it wasn't enough to satisfy me. So I was out fucking all the time. Right. So I wondered, like, do you think he says that she must have known? Right. But like, do you think this was an unspoken, like open relationship? Like, do you think she was out fucking around too?
1: I feel like people have needs. And yeah. I feel like if she is taking down basically a roll call of people who want to have sex. And let me tell you that this, at some point, it's not just gay sex. Yeah. This is straight sex, lesbian sex, oh, all kinds of every sex. Every
0: kind of sex. Everybody was just just so,
1: sex. You know, if you've got a platter in front of you, you might sample. Do you think she took a couple of those numbers? And <laughs> I think so. <laughs> took a couple of those people. She's like, I, I, just I, meet I, me at this bar right I, here. I think she didn't give. You know, maybe one time or two, she just didn't give the note. She said, hey, I'll meet you out here. Yeah, she... And and have fun.
0: There's a couple different options, right? Betty was either a serial killer who was going out and killing people and... and, What? (laughs) Where did that even come from? (laughs) In order to to, like, get her anger and frustration out. That's not the likely one. It was just a joke. But she could have also been, like, not very sexual and just, like, didn't care about sex. And so, like, this relationship really worked for her. And she was being taken care of. She was being taken care of. It could have been a
1: marriage of convenience.
0: Or it was like a full open relationship and she was out doing the same thing, right? And like, it was just a don't ask, don't tell policy between the two. Um, Yes. But either way, they like stay together for the rest of their lives. So Scott is just bringing in a good paycheck all the time. Betty's not really questioning it. And he's like going out and fucking all the time. He says like, this is the big benefit to this, to getting to like, you know.
1: Well, because he's getting cash. uh, He's getting a
0: fuck all the time pussy and, is a, and he's also like <laughs> so, fuck, fucking for no money all the time right you know he's just like out having sex all the time which is the only thing he wanted during war right he said like keep my, let
1: me keep yeah. my penis and i will fuck everything he's literally living his dream he's like i did not know that being a gas station attendant <laughs> would, would would bring me all of this buffet of yeah of people that he, so he
0: starts meeting like a bunch of his old marine buddies right and he they start coming over to the gas station. Some of them work at the gas station and everybody the gas station turns into like this really like happening spot for like young it's some meetup 20 place. year olds. Right. Like 20 something year olds. And like they're all just hanging out and all of these Hollywood stars will come in and they'll you know, stop and he'll either go out or, or or what have you. But there's one guy who comes in comes in a really nice car i think it was like a makeup artist for like warner brothers or something like that like yes. a big big deal at the time um and he points out a blonde guy one of scotty's marine buddies and scotty goes scotty says okay um it's gonna be 20 dollars for him okay and so scotty <laughs> goes over before even like asking this guy right he goes over to his friend and he says hey um this guy in this car, just get in the car and go with him. He says in the book, he says, um, I knew the guy would be fine. Cause he was, he was a Marine. And like, if, if the, you know, this was an old queen. he calls all of these older ass Queens. Right? Oh yeah. They, 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 that, that
1: he wasn't going to be abused, but he was like, all he probably wants is to suck your dick a little bit. Yeah. Give you some money. He just says do whatever
0: it. do whatever he wants, right? Yeah. Um so the guy gets in the car and goes and he doesn't come back until the next morning. But so I would I would have been like panicked, right? I'd have been like, Oh shit, he's been murdered by Betty. And by Betty <laughs> <laughs> He's been murdered. Um and but no, he comes back the next day and he's like Scotty's hanging out with all of his friends and he goes up to all of his friends and just out of, you know, says he tells everybody. He holds up the 20, he's like, he's like he just sucked my dick and I got twenty dollars. Like, this is the easiest twenty dollars I've ever gotten, and everybody claps for him, bro. Right?
1: So, so it's literally the I'm straight, but twenty dollars is twenty dollars. Twenty dollars is twenty. There's
0: there's your joke, baby. Yeah, I right. know.
1: It's now it's at the right place. <laughs> um, but
0: uh, so this is like the beginning of Scotty turning into a pimp, right? Like he doesn't really, he never takes money. He says he never takes money, never like yes. takes a cut or anything he like just, that. He just does tricks. He he's just he like hooks a, tricks up. He's a really good madam. Is what it seems
1: like. And and, and he starts building a really good reputation, right? especially with the hollywood elites so he
0: is hollywood elites will come will swarm this place right everybody wants gay sex straight sex lesbian sex bisexual sex right every just any kind of sex that can be had is is everybody's coming to scotty for right and scotty has like a little black book in his head um full of names and numbers and everything like that and every other you know all of his friends and so he, he really only pimps out like his his group his, his own circle group, right yes. and so he is really good at like if somebody comes driving up and they're like I want a muscular blonde who has like I don't know a freckle Scotty even is or, like, or like I know just the guy.
1: I I want a man with long uh, long uh toes. I want a woman with small breasts. And Scotty's like really good at just finding the right, person, the right person for, for this the, he's like a yes.
0: fantastic matchmaker, right? And he says that like I'm just making people happy. This is what people want, right? <laughs> people just want to feel good and I'm I'm facilitating that and so I'm really happy about that. And you know, all my friends are making freaking bank
1: doing well, it, this again, it, it, almost $300. And it's so cool because like it, it, you even see the first time that he hooks up a lesbian with another woman. Right. Yeah. And he's like trying to figure that out. Cause at first it's just gay men, the Queens that come by and that he hooks up. And then he just becomes like a huge boon for the gay community. Cause yeah. during this time, this was a dangerous time to be gay. And the vice squad was all, all, all after you. Um, and he became like a safe, trustworthy haven for yeah. the gay people of Hollywood to go and find a quick fix. He says that his boss never
0: really knew that he was like doing this, but his boss like gave him the keys to the trailer in the back. And so this trailer had like two big beds in it. Well, it, so it wasn't divided the Divided by like a curtain.
1: It was somebody else's trailer that they gave. They, they let was it? Scotty I thought it used, was the boss
0: of like the gas station, the owner of the gas station.
1: Uh, no, it was. Uh, so th- the deal was that he could keep the trailer there and, and Scotty could use the trailer. Yeah, to sleep and stuff. it, It becomes, so he puts a bedroom on one side with a curtain and a bedroom on the other side with a curtain. And then he's also super ingenious and then he has, like, a, a, a bathroom that has glory yeah. holes in it and a place where people can peep in on people They can be peeping Tom's and pay a little the, bit of money home. to go and peep a Like It just, seems like
0: everybody knows what's going on, He though. is providing just, like, any kind of sexual experience that you're services, wanting, right? Yes. Uh, sexual services. And so he's, like, you know, king of sex work at this time,
1: really. Not only that, he also gets into the, you know, porn phot- photography business. where he, <laughs> He's he, just doing everything. Yes. <laughs> where he allowed himself to be, you know... Uh, Photographed having sex with women, yeah. and then sometimes men, and like it, getting that around, and it—he it, just living the life. He's and you know what?
0: Everybody's consenting. Everybody's doing you know what they want to do, and everybody's happy, right? So like, what's the harm here? Um, I did note down a couple. So like, ugh, there's names dropped left and right in this freaking book. Scotty's almost a side character in his own book, is what you said, right?
1: Yes, he feels like a side character. For me, he feels like somebody who loves to be a side mm-hmm. character surrounding himself with his friends, people who are the main characters in their own lives. Yeah.
0: So we really like can't go into like every single story in the book. So we, I, uh, we wrote down, like, some of we wrote down some of the ones that kind of stood out to us. Right. There's um, Cole Porter. I thought Cole Porter's was so funny. Right. So Scotty says that Cole Porter just basically loves to suck dick and he can suck like 20 guys off in a row and he always swallows. And he just likes the taste of, he's like, bam, 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 bam. Just loves the taste <laughs> of jazz. Right. So, um, Cole Porter has like, has Scotty, um, help him throw this dinner party and Scotty. Scotty invites all of these people. Right. And, uh, Everybody shows up and Carter, Cole Porter's not there because Cole Porter right before everybody showed up like went and like got under the table and I thought this was leading into like Cole Porter was gonna start sucking dicks under the table or something yes. like it was gonna be some sort of situation like that. Um, No, Cole Porter just wanted to hear everybody bitch about him and wanted to see like who was who talking, was his real friends who was talking shit about me and so he like <laughs> hides under the table and just will like has different signals that he'll like pet Scotty's leg if he yes. wants Scotty to like ask more about him like if somebody says mm, Cole's all right. Scotty gets a little pat on his leg and he goes oh really tell me more or like moves on to somebody else right and then like when everybody leaves he like him, and Sc- he sucks
1: Scotty's dick, and then they wake up together the next day. It's crazy because Scotty's everybody's best friend. He is. Book. It seems like it, right? he, right? It seems he, like he he's just he's like, the like, confidant. Yeah, you know that you trust people with. You know you trust him. Another one stuff. was George Cukor. This is one of the biggest ones. I I was loved like,
0: this one because I am like so fascinated by George Cukor. George Cukor was like one of Hollywood's elite directors, right?
1: Like everybody, all wanted of the actors wanted to, to work act with under him. him.
0: I think one of Marilyn Monroe's when she but right before she died and she got like a new contract. She she was able to like pick a director right like her she got a choice of directors one of the one of the powers she got in her contract and she listed george kukor as one of her approved directors like everybody wanted to work with him he always studios loved him because he would come in under but or he would come in at or under budget and like on time right he did a stars Born with judy garland um and so he shows up at this gas station he tells he tells scotty hey come tomorrow at noon so, Scotty gets somebody to fill in for him. Scotty shows up at George Cukor's house the next day at noon. And it's
1: this little party. He's like, there's other people there. Catherine Hepburn is there. Yes. Yeah. I mean, honestly, George Cukor plays a huge role in Scotty's life for a while. Yeah. And Catherine Hepburn as well. But uh, uh, so, are we getting into Catherine Hepburn? Or let's do. Let's let's keep it with George Cukor George for Cukor, a minute. Okay. Yeah. So, George Cukor,
0: basically, he is he becomes him and Scotty become like regulars. Scotty has a lot of regulars right that he a actually lot of becomes tricks. really yes. big friends with as well so Scotty is really good friends with George Kikor and Catherine Hepburn going forward so George Cukor is like super rigid and like straight not straight laced <laughs> but like he's like really to the point like he only wants to pay for sex he only wants to suck a dick off like he doesn't really want to have sex sex because um, he's
1: a teetotaler too I think too. he sucks
0: Scotty off and then he yeah. yeah he doesn't like to drink he's like very straight um And so he'll, like, suck Scotty off and then go take a shower and then come out and, like, politely ask Scotty to leave, right? Or suggest that he leave, that he take a shower and he leaves too, right? George Cukor didn't like to, like, stay up past, like, 9.30 p.m. Um, And Scotty pretty much says this. George Cukor was only doing this because sex was, like, an elective for him, right? Like, he was getting the urge out. And then he was getting to go back and focus on his work because he's was like, like drinking water. It was something he just did. He's a major workaholic. So all he wants to do is work and he just wants to pay for sex to get his rocks off and not have to deal with a relationship. And,
1: and that's a cool thing about Scotty. And I think that this is one of the reasons he works so well as a trick mm-hmm. is that he really meets. Everybody's needs, no matter how difficult they seem. Yeah, you know. So he
0: meets Catherine Hepburn through George Cukor, and Catherine Hepburn was another really like interesting one because I've never followed the career of Catherine Hepburn. Like I knew her and I've seen her movies, but like I never
1: cared to like. I didn't know she was a lesbian. I was reading this stuff a little ahead of Zach, so I was telling him some of the stuff while it was happening. Yeah. And you were like, Catherine Hepburn is not a she, lesbian. Because I was like, and she was with Spencer Tracy be, for a long time. She was married. She could not be a lesbian. And not to be confused with Audrey Hepburn, just so that people know. Catherine Hepburn, she also did the, what was it? The Queen of Africa. Yeah. Uh, the, 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 this one for big uh, adventure romance movies. um, But yeah what was he was it wasn't rude but it was like weird he commented on her skin so much yeah he and was this, like like some of the like weird things skin. that he would
0: like fixate on right and like yeah some i think george kukor at one point called her a spoiled bitch and she it was like
1: do you think i'm a spoiled
0: bitch and Scotty's like no i don't think you're a spoiled bitch and he, he said like, that yeah, he really yeah, liked her
1: they were friends for like 50 we're, years they were huge friends plus uh guess who brought pants to hollywood who what brought pants? Oh yeah, she did. Catherine I looked Hepburn. it up. I googled. it. I said, "Who brought
0: pants to Hollywood?" It says Catherine Hepburn. Yeah. <laughs> um, but like over so over time, Scotty says that he fixed Catherine Hepburn up with like hundred and fifty women, and it was so many because she didn't like to like keep the same ones around. Yes. So she would rotate through rotate neutral, the you know, all the time. But there was one girl that this is a little problematic here that Scotty fixed her up with Barbara, who was like seventeen at the time when she was first fixed up with a Catherine Hepburn. But Catherine Hepburn was like.
1: Like I, I wouldn't
0: say in love, but like very much obsessed with her, and this was yeah. her, one of her regular, um, one of the regular ones that she she wanted around. Yes. Right? Yes. She liked her so much. She bought her a car. She would get her all these gifts. And when Catherine Hepburn died, she left a hundred thousand dollars to Barbara, um, and Barbara was like <laughs> keeping in contact with Scotty. I know where we're going. I uh, she Barbara had kept in contact with Scotty, and so when after. She got the $100,000, she called Scott and she's like, it was really nice. I like, I'm, I'm, I'm really happy about this, but like my third husband just died and I'm super rich because he left me his fortune. <laughs> so so I don't really did. need the $100,000. <laughs> I'm like, baby, just give it to me. I know. <laughs> I'll take it, I'll take it, I'll take it.
1: Um, I, would have, I would have won a certificate that said Catherine Hepburn left me $100,000. <laughs> like a t-shirt, we didn't get a t-shirt. <laughs> yeah. Catherine Hepburn left me $100,000.
0: Catherine Hepburn had been married though, like of uh, a short marriage, but then had had a really long relationship. With Vincent. Spencer Spencer Tracy Spencer Tracy Spencer Tracy, and which was weird. So but, this one like really confused me because Spencer Tracy was also married his entire life while he was with Catherine
1: Hepburn. It, it was very weird because Spencer Tracy was married all of his life, but he lived on in one of George Hucor's uh, side houses, basically. Yeah, for most of the time, and he allowed this. So this was kind of how Catherine Hepburn, you know, was able to be in you know, a... Basically, a, a semi-open lesbian in Hollywood, yeah. uh, while not being one because of the affair that they had between yeah. Spencer Tracy. It's funny because this affair was more acceptable than you know her, her being a lesbian. It's weird
0: because and they were only like pandering to Midwestern people, right? Like this was an, all of the sexcapades and everything. Like this lesbianism, the gay, the gay. It was all an open secret in Hollywood, and so like it's weird that like Spencer Tracy was married so they had to keep their relationship hush hush it, that was also an open secret but like they still used that as like a publicity but, tool to like make
1: everybody think that they were together but it, it really wasn't a real thing but they would hang out a lot so. but i also think
0: Katherine Hepburn was still i've still read a lot and I've, i still think Katherine Hepburn was like enamored by Spencer Tracy and still was like really so probably it, in it, love with it him it
1: could have been one of those special parts but there's there's one time so Spencer Tracy Everybody, George Cuco, Spencer Tracy, Catherine Hepburn—they all hang out a lot yeah. with you know Scotty Bowers, and uh, Scotty you know hooks up people with uh, with uh, um, Catherine Hepburn, yeah. but he gets to be really close friends with Spencer Tracy
0: kind of he says he more he really describes spencer tracy as like i thought this was funny spencer tracy is definitely the blow and go guy like he would like get really shit-faced he would hook up with the guy and then wake up the next morning and be like yes. oh dude what happened i don't
1: i don't remember any of that what oh that's crazy it, 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 uh, and i love this so if, for people who don't know during hollywood they used to like pair people up again you know, old Hollywood, they used to pair people up a lot, and Spencer Tracy and Catherine Hepburn yeah. paired up for a bunch of movies. But there's this one time that they were, Scotty was hanging out with Spencer Tracy a lot. You know, he got really, really drunk. He was really, really upset. And then he was like, Katherine Hepburn's a bitch. I know, She's right? So I mean that, to I me. Mean. They all talk so it, much shit and, about Catherine Hepburn. And, 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 and he was like, Well, he takes care of, you know, Spencer, gets him in bed, yeah. gets some water, stuff like that. And then Spencer's like, Please don't leave. No. And, he, and he, he was like, okay. So he's like, well, I guess I'll stay the night. And then one thing that leads to another. Of course, it led to another, right? And it, so it, this happens several times. But it's <laughs> just like, oh, bro. It, it seems I didn't, like Spencer. Yeah, for my dick to slip into your mouth. I don't know. Yeah. He, Spencer needs to get, like, basically completely plastered. Yeah. For this to happen, but it, I feel like it's definitely a planned out thing.
0: I feel like, which is such a, like a, a difference to Catherine Hepburn, right? Like Catherine Hepburn, like everybody, George Cukor, as Catherine Hepburn's really good friend, has to like constantly tell her, "Hey." Tone down the lesbianism. You need to be more discreet about this. And Catherine Hepburn's always like, "I'm a lesbian. <laughs> where's my club? And uh, you know, where's my club? And the studio's like always trying to get Catherine Hepburn to like tone down her lesbianism. Be like, to be
1: discreet, be discreet. And Catherine Hepburn's like, "I got pants. I got pants. <laughs> but pants become a thing. Look at this Look,
0: zipper on my
1: pants. And, and I love how open she is. Uh, yeah. But Also, Spencer Tracy, whatever sexuality he is, he's he was definitely very like, yeah. I'm um, conflicted by that.
0: I love, well, the Catherine Hepburn was too, because I love that Catherine Hepburn was so open about it, but she still was forced into the closet. Like she mm-hmm. still had to go into the closet because, and like she had no support. Nobody was telling her it's okay. Just be out.
1: Just be out. Which you couldn't really do. No them. support. Did she you, died in
0: 2003. I mean, she could have come out in the 90s or something like that. I don't know. I, I don't know. It have. just, it, it, I feel bad for her because I feel like naturally, if nobody had been telling her to like stay in the closet, I feel like she'd have come out. Um, but she had so many people telling her like, be discreet. Don't do not do this. Well, I, it just,
1: you have a lot of instances, especially yeah. with old Hollywood. Um, and I think even new Hollywood where you have these people who are basically openly gay, but not openly gay, you yeah. know? Um, and a lot of stuff is protected by either their managers or, or you know, the, themselves just being slightly discreet, discreet, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, let's move on
0: to a couple more. So uh, James Dean, just briefly, Scotty says that he was gay, but I've read a lot on James Dean. And I've always read that, like, because his sexuality is always up in question, right? And I, everybody mm-hmm. pretty much agrees that, like. James Dean was more straight, but would fuck anything to get like wherever he needed to get. Right, like if he needed a movie, if he needed anything, like he would fuck something. So like he, yeah, whether you want to call that bi or whatever, like he didn't really give a shit. But like he would probably prefer to fuck a woman. Right. So I don't know. I, like, I think maybe, I don't know
1: as much as you do about that. Uh, I do, but I, I obviously hear more about his. He says that James Dean was like a his uh, a prissy queen though. Like it was like really bitchy. Well, I think. He talks about James Dean the worst in this book than he's talked about anybody else. Because I think James Dean was an asshole. Like, let's be he, real. And, and, I and he, think he, he probably was. he was like, James Dean was an asshole. I didn't blame him at all. He's like, I, I was at a party with James Dean. Yeah. And he just smoked a cigarette and just put it on the floor and, and he stamped th- it out for no fucking reason. And Rock Hudson, like, hated James Dean. Rock so like... H- H- which is funny because I read something before we read this book that yeah. Rock Hudson was like, after James Dean uh, died, that he was, like, happy that James Dean died. But I feel like... <laughs> It's not so bad. That's so terrible. But it, this provided some context because it sounded like, it, which you should never be happy that anybody no. meets a fate like this. But it, it, it sounded like, especially on the set of what is giant. it? The Giant? Mm-hmm. Not the Giant, baby. He will not watch this movie with me. I I've really... I, a giant
0: is one of my favorite favorite movies of all time i love that movie
1: i will watch it with you Our, i will watch it it's a we long movie, it. It is long, that movie. It's, it, it, i've already watched halfway so we'll start it's halfway fantastic.
0: through fantastic <laughs> imagine watching it like my very first time ever watching it was on the amc channel and they have commercials so the longer it was even longer okay try <laughs> watching an old ass movie
1: on the amc channel okay or tcm whatever it was TC, tcm um, but I, I i found that very interesting in terms of like talking about james dean j edgar hoover J.
0: Edgar Hoover, his war on gays, and and uh, Scotty says that like he he met he met J. Edgar Hoover one time, right? Mm-hmm. And um, J. Edgar Hoover basically had a boyfriend, and they all fucked around. They all like sucked and fucked and all that. And then uh, J. Edgar Hoover and his boyfriend came down. They went upstairs and they came down, and they were in drag, and they had a drag night.
1: Which is so it, it's crazy how some gay people are the. Worst allies. Oh, absolutely. For the, if, the, the
0: more you hate yourself, the more you're going to attack those who are more like you, right? And what who would have accepted him more than anybody?
1: And what's interesting at this point is he's almost moved past Hollywood in terms of like being trusted enough with people's sexploits Mm -hmm. that he's starting to get into a very political realm he was incredibly discreet and everybody
0: knew he was discreet and everybody trusted that he would be discreet another one
1: Edward and Wallace Simpson. This shook one blew my, my mind. mind. I, again, I was ahead of you in reading this and I was like, didn't you know this, this shit happened? You're like, no, because that that's supposed happened. to be one of the like greatest <laughs> love stories
0: ever. Like he, get, he abdicated the throne for her and she was, she was on her second marriage. She was an American. Like this was a woman who he like abdicated the throne for. And I was like shocked, right? which. I I still think that they're in love. Like, oh, absolutely. I I don't think that
1: this takes away anything Mm -mm. from their romance. It just like paints like this whole
0: book just paints people as like super diverse, right, and like well-rounded, and like that sex or sexuality is not just like A or B. It is it is a spectrum, and like if we didn't have this this like conservative view of like everything, that people would just be free and be happy. Um, I think Scotty kind of says in the book that like it's it's that Wallace Simpson was lesbian and Edward was more gay and that that's why they were together is because they could they could live but, out their But, but their... That, that they were
1: bi. For he the says most part. he says
0: once that they uh, are bi and then he also says that they seem more gay and more lesbian. So like But like kind of kind like,
1: of in a purple marriage I Like don't know. kind
0: of contradicts himself a little bit, but he says like it's a marriage also of you know in addition to maybe probably loving each other that they, it was also like convenient because they yeah. could like go in and like you know go to parties and go to orgies and like have sex. And like Wallace was really like dominant and, you know, they could do all of this because they were the perfect couple. The each other was the perfect person to do that with. right. Yes.
1: And he, he, he'd get tricks for, for Wallace. He'd, he'd get tr- tricks for uh, Prince Edward. Yeah. And the thing is like, he, he was very discreet with the way he got tricks for them. Mm-hmm. And sometimes they'd participate together. Sometimes they wouldn't. I know. Paul Simpson was
0: like, like suck his dick. And, and Do so, it.
1: Sometimes he wanted a, a woman. Sometimes she wanted a man. Yeah. And it was like
0: very freeing. It's a cool relationship, yeah. right? Like that's like, if that's what you both are into and you found each other, like freaking all
1: right, man. Good for you. You know, that's pretty. I know. I, I, I feel like I, I want to hear about other accounts of this too. Mm-hmm. And it'd be kind of cool to explore the whole entirety of the relationship between Prince Edward and Wallace Simpson.
0: I think so, too. Are they, did you ever watch the Madonna movie that she made about them? No. Oh, like, wait, did you make me watch that? It's like decent, but that? like the people in it are really good. All of the Wallace Simpson and Edward stuff are really, really good. Um, I don't. I've never made you watch that, no.
1: But there are so many tricks in this book, and it we can't even cover this. Not so I, if you want to hear about all of the salacious details, I would definitely just recommend it. Just read the book. That. Pick up the book, right? Yeah.
0: You can even search it online and search
1: it. But it's like there's
0: everybody's mentioned in this damn book, you know? Of course, Rog Hudson is mentioned. Desi
1: and Lucy. Desi
0: and Lucy. Of course, Rog Hudson. You know, like, just go through and read it. Um, we need to go back into more of Scotty a little bit, though. <laughs> this, this is his book. Alfred Kinsey, who did the Kinsey Scale. Apparently, like Scotty Bowers was bringing him a bunch of a bunch of prostitutes and and taking him to orgies and really like letting him into his world so he could do, he could come up with his Kinsey scale.
1: Have you seen the movie?
0: Mm-mm.
1: It's actually a really good movie. We a move- movie on Kinsey, the Kinsey yes, scale. Yes, we should watch it at some point. It's very interesting the way he like approaches sex overall, mm. and I think that in a lot of ways, I mean, some of his stuff is sh- struck down right now. But like, who was doing research like this yeah. back then? But He comes to really meet Kinsey more towards the time when he's talking about women and their sex life. Yeah, and uh, he like tells Kinsey, "Hey, I know a lot of people who would love to To participate in uh, in your entire experiment." And so he hooks him up with a lot of women across the sexuality spectrum, Mm -hmm. um, where they can actually like be subjects in his his like experiments. Obviously, everything's like. above board they yeah. volunteer for this and it's interesting because like this is i think people had had at this point accepted that gay people were a thing yeah they're like those people are around but b- but i feel like they hadn't accepted as lesbian that lesbians were a thing because for the most part weirdly enough i think women were desexualized i women were
0: definitely desexualized unless they were like just to serve a man right but like yes. i don't know like sexual Lesbians have always been a little bit more accepted. You'll always see a lesbian couple in a in a movie or TV show
1: before you'll see a gay couple, which is interesting. But it's it's also they face their own um, special. Has, I think we all types, have the types of struggles, right? Yeah, we all have the struggles. because I think that in a lot of ways, lesbians can seem more palatable. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, they don't get the you know privilege of being men. Yeah. You know, so it's like. I don't know we're we'll going kind to of go into Scotty's life a little bit though because I feel like we've kind of trailed off
0: on you know all of his tricks and some of some of the notable ones um, in the 70s this was oh my god this was horrible like I think the way he kind of well maybe touch on something that was really traumatic and then like go right back into sex is very telling so like again in the documentary he's like very sure that like None of my sex is a t- is tied to trauma. I'm I'm fucking because I like it, you know, which is like true. I do believe that. I believe that he loves it, right? Oh, he's very like complimentary about himself too. He's like, I have a big dick. I have like a tight body, a tight body, fantastic sex drive. I can you know shoot buckets, you know. Like he's which very... which I don't
1: doubt. No, honestly, I don't. I don't I doubt, doubt at all. It. And
0: like, but like he's like very complimentary of himself. But like he always like will bookend a really traumatic experience told very very briefly. With, like, more sex capage, right? He always goes into it. So, like, in the 70s, his daughter Donna gets pregnant when she's 23 years old, which is the same age that his mother has him and Mm -hmm. the same age that his brother Don, who Donna's named after, dies, right? So Donna gets pregnant when she's 23. He shows up at—because, again, like, he's living, like— a a bunch of different and a bunch of different places. Right. He like has a bunch of different residences. And one of them is, is the house in St. Andrews that he still shares with Betty. And
1: so Betty's still living there. And like, he
0: like just visits her, you know, every other day. I
1: I like to say that he really sleeps in a lot of different beds, but I feel like if he had a Helix mattress, (laughs) he would have stayed in one. So he, he shows up one
0: day, um, to, to Betty's house and his daughter has like this, this, uh, punch buggy is what we called him punch buggy like uh, that he bought her and she's the punch buggy's outside the house and he's like oh my daughter's here um she's coming to visit her mom makes me really happy he goes in and betty's like crying and so he's like what's happening and betty's like she's really sick and they go in apparently donna had gotten pregnant and had a botched abortion you know which was illegal at the time illegal botched abortion and it went terribly
1: wrong and donna dies
0: from she, this She goes abortion. into a
1: coma and she dies, and it's it's very sad. Especially right now, I, I feel like would be remiss to say that in light of like Ro- I think
0: this is like this is this is we have to really remark on like what's happening today is that um, I understand that overturning Roe v. Wade doesn't mean like all abortions are illegal and stuff, but it takes it back to state by state, and what's going to happen is that so many abortions are going to become illegal, and it's taking away safe abortion from everybody, right? Like that's not something that oh somebody's right to their own body is not something that needs to be voted on, right? Our rights to get married is not something that needs to be voted on. And so we're giving it back to the state so everybody can vote on whether somebody can get an abortion or not. Donna dies from an abortion, a back alley abortion, not a safe abortion, not an abortion where she can just go to the hospital and like be taken care of, right? And like having a medical abortion or something like that. She gets a back, like in the back of a fucking car abortion, you know, and she dies. And this is what we're going to be returning to. I very much want to drive that point in. Um, but so he very, very briefly talks about this. This is maybe like a full page at most, maybe even less. I would even say less because half of it's like taken up by, you know, the the chapter title. Um, and then he immediately goes into talking about how porn was really exploding in the 70s, making a breakthrough.
1: And he's talking about like Deep Throat and Linda Loveless. It's also, there's also possible, it's also possible that he hadn't completely gone through the through his trauma because he does talk about the fact that he regrets that he's been basically very much elsewhere yeah you know during the entirety of her life well he says he's fine he supported his family financially but hasn't been there yeah and he
0: says that like this is something that's so devastating he does mention that it's pretty devastating on him and betty and that after this like they never have sex again right like
1: this. this is the although before it's a, a, a like how much
0: sex did they even have anyway because they didn't they, Prop- he would just like come over and like maybe fuck her a couple times and then like leave but like he says like now their relationship is pretty much non-existent he they're just like they never have like a full breakup they just kind of stay together and she never questions it and just kind of lets him do his own thing and come and go as he pleases um i felt bad for Betty and i really do hope that she went off and had like her own double life, you know, where she went off and had her own life that he didn't know about and he couldn't write about because he doesn't know it. In the documentary, he like shows all of her nudes too. He like pulls them all out and like oh, yeah. her titties are hanging out. He's like, I took this picture of Betty and He's what are very you proud. doing? Betty's titties are all over the TV right now. Did she want her exactly. titties all over the TV? I would
1: be showing your titties all over uh, the TV. Don't put my titties on the TV. I'm going to put your titties on the TV. No. But um, what I think is relevant to just point out at this point is that, um, that Betty, I mean... Uh, uh, Sorry, she wasn't his only child. Yeah. So so he had helped out two couples in the past, one lesbian couple, um, because they wanted a kid together, Mm -hmm. and a uh, straight couple where the man was paralyzed from the waist down. He helped both of them out, and uh, his deals with them was that he wouldn't have contact with the children afterwards. And he was very proud of that. He I mean, was the very bo- proud of the being The book title is happy. like a
0: very, it's a really great title. First, full, full service. Full service, yeah. He like literally helps people out all the time, right? I think the one person that he may be, I don't know if he, I, I can't even say if he let her down or not. Betty, I don't, I can't say if he ever let her down or not because I don't know how she was feeling about any of this. It would have been so great for him to write this book while she was alive and us to get like quotes from her right because i'm like so fascinated on what she was thinking and what her experience was because we're only hearing it through him and he's like i know she knew about it she might not have known about this but i know she knew about this and like you know we just didn't talk about it it, it,
1: it, they never actually like face anything yeah and they were married for the rest of her life they were never married i mean they were because i think that they were never married. If if you live in the same house for enough time, I think that's it's kind of as married. I don't think that they 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 weren't.
0: They weren't. Well, it they, was just they, never they, loved. They it.
1: they were together, um, for about sixty years. Yeah, they were they were
0: just together, right? They never had a breakup or anything. He would visit her like almost every day. Um, okay, in nineteen seventy seven. So like again, the 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 trauma is like. Quickly followed up with something sexual, and like he quickly goes into sex. So like I think that is a big theme throughout this. Is like I'll talk about something really traumatic and then go into it. Um But kind of moving on from that. In 1977, is it called Q Drive? K E W. Q Drive.
1: Are we not? Wait, I have Deep Throat on my notes. Are you? Do you want to talk about Deep Throat? I just said I, that. I he, thought like, it was kind, kind of, of
0: cool. He kind of went into it. Go well,
1: ahead. Well, I, I, Deep Throat was like the first big like sex movie yeah. that happened, and I, I looked it up, and it's one of the first of. One I was I ever watched. Yeah, it, 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 the the actress was really big, and then apparently, so he hook, he hooked her up uh, with. She did like a uh, a blowjob panel mm-hmm. for a bunch of gay men in Hollywood, and he was like, w- "Why do you guys want a panel with her? You know, doing a blowjob for Hollywood when y'all, y- gay men know how to." Su-. I'm sorry, the way that I'm gonna say this, but he said gay men know how to suck dick better than anyone else. Yeah, but she did good on the panel. And, uh, they were, they talked about it around Hollywood and then she started doing, um, classes for women in Hollywood. Do you know, do you know much how about Linda Le- Lovelace? I did. This is the most she I know. She
0: is, she pretty much came out and said that all of that time she had, she had a boyfriend who was also her manager and he was like forcing her into all of this. Um, oh, and that she was forced to do the porno. She was forced to do all of these different things. And, um, he was like really abusive and and all of these things. So it's something to, to we'll have to cover her too. Her story is really
1: interesting. It was more layers than I, I, I saw. I, I Scotty from this does not book. talk about yeah. that in this. He doesn't, yeah. he
0: doesn't even mention that. Um, so kind of moving on from that, in 1977 on Q Drive, there's this house on Q Drive that, like, Scotty's in, in love with. with it was yeah. a really, it's really nice house. I think is, – is this in the Hollywood Hills? It has to be, right? It, and it's really nice house, um, and it's, like, surrounded on the other side by, like, two empty lots, so it's got space. You know, it's, and, and Scotty just loves it, and he wants this house so much, and he tells the, the owner about it all the time, and the owner offers to sell it to him at one point, and Scotty just doesn't have the money for it. But the, the house goes through different owners, and one of the owners is named Beach. And that's beach one out. of his really good friends. So like Scott, he's like always friends with the owner of whoever lives there and is always like doing yard work for him, repairs on the house. He puts in a pool at the house. Like hey, beach was the guy in the, uh, urn. Yeah. Yeah. and he really takes care of like this house right and so like him and beach are really good friends and there's a guest house and at one point there's a like Scotty stays in the guest house all the time he's literally always bouncing from place yes. to place but at one point when he's not staying in this guest house there's this cinematographer named Nestor Almondres. Armandres. yeah okay um And he's a cinematographer who's like new in Hollywood and like doing really well, right? Um, And he, they all become friends. All three of them become friends, and they pretty much hang out at this house all the time. Well, so Nestor gets nominated for an Academy Award for cinematography, and he's like, he's like happy about it, but like kind of like, like, I'm
1: not gonna win, guys. He doesn't think he's gonna win to happen because of
0: the other people. And so, like on the night of the Academy Awards, Nestor comes walking into the living room where uh, Beach and and Scotty are, and they're like why the fuck are you not at the Academy Awards? And he's like, I'm not going to win. I'm not going, you know. There's no way I'm going to win against these people. They pretty much take him and, like, fully dress him, throw
1: him in the car. They were like, if this was a 2010 movie, <laughs> this, this your... would, would have been his, his makeover scene. This is his makeover They're like, scene. I shaved him while the other guy pressed his clothes. His, and... Chris, his Chris Perez makeover scene. Makeover <laughs> yeah. scene right?
0: So they get him dressed. They put a Scotty puts him in the car and, like, races him over to the theater that they're hosting the Academy Awards at. He, like, it's, like, it reminds me of, like, a hospital scene where somebody, like, drops somebody off at the hospital ER. He, like, basically, like, pushes him out of the car, tells, like, an attendant there, he's nominated, find him a seat. He races back, Scotty races back home, and he arrives just in time to see that Nestor wins the The Academy Academy Award. Award. I thought this was really cool that, like, Scotty wasn't trying to, like, get into the Academy Awards. He just, like, took his friend to the Academy Awards and pushed him out and, like, made him go to this event because he knew it would be special for
1: him. Beach becomes one of his biggest friends. Uh, He he even says, especially in his old age—well, he's not old age, but, like, as he gets older, you know— his friendships just solidify. Yeah. You know, and well, he's, his, just it's, friends, he's just with everybody like, and he's like
0: a good friend. He seems like a really good friend. He seems like he lacks him some places and is a really good friend in other places. Cause I feel like he does lack a lot with his relationship with Betty. I'm like, cause he could have let her go. But again, we don't know her side and we don't know if this was an arrangement that really did work for her as well. Um, it seems but, like
1: he, he's a better friend than a boyfriend or husband. Yes, absolutely.
0: Yeah. Absolutely. He was really committed to bachelorhood. Um, so like Nestor wins, and so when Nestor dies in nineteen ninety-two, he leaves in his will two houses. No.
1: Was it not two no, houses? No, you don't know what you're talking about. Oh, the Oscar. Sc- the Oscar to Scotty. <laughs> Sorry, he leaves why did- his
0: Oscar to Scotty. Um so- <laughs> I don't know. I <laughs> misspoke. We're almost there. We're almost there. Okay. So Beach, when Beach dies, okay, yes. he leaves the house on Q Drive to to Scotty. And not only that. He leaves another house that he owns in Hollywood Hills to Scotty as well. And the stipulation in the will is like, you can sell the Hollywood Hills house, but like the one on the Q drive, whenever you die, just give it to my godson. My godson can have it, right? Why not give it to your godson first? But he's like giving it to Scotty and it's like, Scotty's just like being gifted all these houses. He just really like formed these really great relationships with people and people just liked him so much. They're leaving him fucking houses.
1: It's super refreshing to see this because like throughout the book that he's so giving all the time to everybody. And he never expects anything back, you know, except for maybe I mean, a and trick. I mean, and he could not be telling um, us that he does right. Like, th- this like is all he Everybody his opinion, that yeah. has
0: quoted him, either too, like outside of the book and everything, they don't have nothing but nice things to say about Scotty. Mm-hmm. Everybody always says that Scotty was such a nice guy and that he was so good to everybody and really checked in on people. And then people. Obviously that's what you gotta do and people are leaving your houses and stuff, right? Okay. This we're house a like million dollars. No, this is like a million dollar house. Um the house that he does sell, it, it didn't he he made a good chunk of change, but like not a whole bunch because there were so many back so much back taxes and stuff like mm-hmm. that. You gotta pay your taxes, people. Um <laughs> So I guess this house, uh during the eighties, I guess we'll kinda of go down to a sober no no Um during the eighties the AIDS epidemic happens, right?
1: Yeah, so his tricking and his, I guess his trickery. Everything slows down. Is slowing down, and he's trying to be very careful about how he hooks people up. And then he, at some point, realizes that he can't do it anymore yeah. with a conscience, not, basically. not
0: as, Especially not as much as it was happening. Like, all of the orgies and sexual freedom and, like, sexual liaisons that everybody was so just, you know, open-secreted about those really come to a halt because of everything that's happening. I do appreciate that. Scott, he says in this, that it wasn't just the gay community. He was ravaging. It was everybody. Like it was a whole generation that this, this epidemic is wiping out. And, and he himself lost a bunch of people. Rock Hudson. He like knew Rock Hudson pretty well. And like saw Rock Hudson a lot.
1: And Rock he, Hudson was one of the biggest ones that really like drove it home for him. He, he also knew and tricked Anthony Perkins yes um who also died of AIDS mm-hmm. and he, he he tricked him pretty close to the end of his life too yeah um and
0: so it was like a big deal it was a big and I think this happened for like everybody at that time not just Scotty who knew a bunch of people but like everybody was losing people to this this horrible horrible thing
1: um this, I think what well I was gonna say this was kind of the end of his
0: his, big his bachelorhood and this, right is, this kind of like I don't know if he would have committed to anybody had this not happened, right? Because he he meets this singer named Lois, like a cabaret singer, and she and him move in together and get married, and they live in one. They live in his house on Q Drive. Yes. Um, Which starts fucking with. weird, man. Fucking weird again. Betty could have been completely okay with all this. He says that Betty didn't know anything about Lois, and didn't know that he was off living with Lois and like married to another person. And that he was still visiting Betty, like, almost every day. and But Lois knew everything about Betty. And it's just so yeah. weird. It's like, why not just, it, like, a, I, what
1: was the reason for keeping the secret either, right? I, I, I don't know. But he still visits Betty every day. Yeah. And then eventually, unfortunately, Betty uh, slips and falls. She she breaks her hip. And he takes her in. she goes through recovery. But uh, he realizes that she he, can't really take care of herself She can't anymore. really take care of herself. So she, he puts she, her up in a home. Yeah. And uh, eventually, she dies of pneumonia. Yeah, so she dies at like eighty-seven years old. Not super long after that,
0: um, his own mother dies. And back in Illinois, he's still taking care of his baby sister, sending her money all the time. Like he is, mm-hmm. he does take care of people, right? Yes. He may not like be the best with some of the relationships, like Betty. I'm, I'm the Betty champion. I'm going to be the Betty champion. But, like, he does take care of everybody and make sure they're taken care of. Like, he wasn't just going to leave Betty in the gutter ride. Right. He found her adequate care and all of that. Um,
1: it's, it's interesting with Lois because we, we don't get this much in the book. Um, But in the The documentary, documentary we do. Funny.
0: This is kind of where we have to like transition to the documentary, I guess, because like the documentary takes place after the book. After the book is released, she doesn't know anything about his trickeries or anything like that. She didn't any of his gay sex. She didn't know any of that. She she didn't even know about the Pippin and stuff. She didn't know about that stuff until the book came out, and she was hearing everything about it, but like refused to read it. She's like, I'm not gonna read. I'm not gonna read. I didn't
1: know him back then.
0: I, um, I don't know if I it, would have been okay with the gay it, stuff. If I
1: knew this back then, I might not have married him. Yeah. So. <laughs> I was like, damn.
0: Uh, but he spends his later years, like, he's just... This is, like, where it really reminds me of Grey Gardens. He just, like, spends all of his time just, like, going through the hordes of stuff that he has accumulated over the years. All of his houses are basically storage units. He's got storage units. He's got cars. He's got all this stuff. He spends his time just walking around, fixing things. He visits, like, Everybody. He's, mm-hmm. every other scene, he's visiting he, a friend. He he bartends. He still he's bartends. still bartending. He's still like having multiple. There were like two parties, just for Scotty. Were those both both birthday parties? One those of them, birthday
1: parties where these hot men come out with one of them. Tiny, they brought a
0: a penis cake.
1: Yeah, and they're carrying a penis penis cake where he yeah. blows it out, and another one where it's. Because, you know, people used to call him on the phone. It's a penis on the phone receiver. Oh, a penis on the phone receiver and then, like, a pair of tits right in front of it, right? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And, like, people –
0: he's just, like, celebrated and, like, people know him and he's just Scotty. He's around town. I love that he is so invested in – going around and checking on everybody he's like constantly Mm -hmm. visiting all of his marine people and like this could have just been for the documentary we don't know if he was doing that every day but it seems like he was that he was like the person who really did check up on you like if you want a friend who was gonna literally check up on you all the time and make sure you were good and like come over to your house have tea talk about the old days that was Scotty, and he was doing that with every all of his friends that were still around.
1: What I really liked about, which I, I don't think I got much in the book about the do- documentary, is that s- somebody confronts him at a signing, and he says, "What about these people's family? You know, this what about all this?" This is kind of what I wanted to get into. Is like, what do you think about that? It's like, okay, so he writes this I, book I, full. Ser- hold on, he writes this book full,
0: full service that basically like exposes everybody, right? All of his tricks, everything, like all of this black book, this black book that he had in his head. Um, he like writes it down and like, what do you think about that? What do you think about outing people after they're I did and they can't really defend themselves? I
1: think he had a really good answer. He okay. said these people in the book, um, they might not have been, you know, putting out a press release about this stuff, but in Hollywood they were open, you know, and all I'm doing is talking about them now that they're gone. Um, there are a couple names in the book that he refuses to say anything about yeah. because they those people specifically told him never to mention his name. There's a, there's a few people he
0: like lists as my buddy
1: or something like yes, that. Or, like, or, or, really exact. or, or he's like, Hey, I'm going to call them a different name yeah. because they specifically told me not to do this. But I think that in a way, m- and this is my personal, I, I it, it's not the most comfortable of, uh, of situations. And I think that in some ways, maybe he, he definitely went over the line mm-hmm. or toe to the line, but at the same time, he's telling stories that I believe a lot of these people would have liked to have been told and that during their lifetime, they didn't tell them though. They didn't didn't their their lifetime. They never got the opportunity to do that
0: or they chose not to. That's the thing is like they, these people chose not to say these stories, um, whether it was fear of coming out or the fear of this or that, or that they just didn't want to. And I do think there's a couple different ways to look at it here. Right. It's like he did wait till everybody was dead before mm-hmm. he did this so that they don't really have to like if they didn't want to come out they don't have to deal with it right and i guess that just their kids it's like i guess your mom was a lesbian i'm sorry um, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like, um but also it's a way to it can it can kind of read like trash you know a tabloid something like that but at the same time you know, this was the reality. These people were gay, lesbian, bi. These people were sexually free. They were, they were, this, were real that, people. You know, they were real people. And when is it time to quit pretending like everybody was just straight and living a heterose- heteronormative lifestyle, right? Like when is it when is it okay to say, no, actually, this was the truth? You think that every that gay is a new thing? Like everybody likes to be like, Oh, why is gay shoved down our throats all the time? No,
1: everybody Gay people were already around, the, right? The, the, these we, people we've all were been here for so long. Yeah. And, and this is proof that we've all been here for so long. Mm-hmm. And that's not to say that these people in a different era wouldn't have been, they would have been able to be out. Catherine Hepburn. She would have totally been out. She would have totally been out. She got her pants. They'd have been
0: been all the way up here. Her parents would have been (laughs) all the way up here. Okay.
1: She'd have had mom jeans, lesbian jeans. She she, she was Gen Z before Gen Z. (laughs) And and that's not to say that Hollywood is perfect now. I'm sure that there's a lot of people who are still concerned about their careers. Still concerned about being leading men, leading women who prefer to keep their, you know, lives more discreet. Yeah. You know, Absolutely, uh, new Hollywood and old Hollywood. There is still some correlation there, but that doesn't mean that, eventually, or even now a days, if those people were around now, that they wouldn't have been open. And I love being able to read about people like me and recognize it, right?
0: And like us, be able to recognize it. Do you think that he told the truth, the complete, total truth in this book?
1: No, I mean, do you not? Uh, 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 because. He doesn't. One time passes. Yeah. Not everything's going to be perfect, and I think that's fine. That's human error. Um, two, I think that he chose to lean on the positive. Yeah. Rather than the negative. True. So I'm sure there's a lot of negative stuff that happened. You know, there's had to have been some incidents that happened during during these tricks. Yeah. And and we don't hear about that. So. Um,
0: he doesn't yeah. strike me as a liar, though. So if anything, I think he probably just Umitted. omitted. Yes. Because um, he doesn't strike me as a liar. He doesn't strike me as somebody who's really out for attention in a way that's like he wants to be famous or anything like that, right? I think he likes attention, but I don't think in that way. I don't think yeah. he had like an objective with this. And I think the book kind of just like if all of it's true, it just it – just, Shines light on like something that everybody already knew, but that mi- middle America like yes. shut their eyes to, and everybody else had to shut their eyes to, too, to like please middle America, right? But like these were this was real life, this was real life, and it was something that was like pretty out and open until a certain point in time when middle America just like could not bear it. it um, it, it, I, I think that and everybody
1: got shoved into the damn closet. We can see that he loved to be needed during yeah. this time, and it, it, in a way, his book is. I mean, we've been covering a lot of gay Hollywood lately, but this is, it's gay Hollywood. It is the book. It's gay history. The book is a
0: a, a log. A, the book is a symbol of pride for him that and all of the ways he was able to help people. That's how I take it. He, he never victimizes himself in anything. He never like really victimizes anybody. He kind of just like shoots it straight and he's always taking responsibility. And sometimes that's to a fault, like with the sexual abuse situations. I think, you know, there's no reason for him to take responsibility for stuff like that. But like... I think that's just the way he lived life and its perfect portrait of who he was and how he viewed life. And in that way, I think the book is pretty successful, you know?
1: I, I, honestly, I enjoyed the book I a did lot. More than documentary. I did do the, documentary. I didn't do, I, the documentary is okay. The documentary was okay. I think it's worth, worth the watch, um, but you're going to get the juicy stuff from the book.
0: Absolutely. I'd yeah.
1: highly recommend reading it. Full service. Scotty Bowers. Um, Scotty Bowers and with Lionel Freight. Friedberg. Lionel Friedberg. Who were you looking at? I don't know. He looked in the closet door. There, like, there's a camera <laughs> <I'm good. laughs> over there. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my goodness.
0: Well, maybe that was the story of Scotty Bowers. The very eventful story of Scotty Bowers. I think Scotty Bowers had quite an eventful life. I, I know he, he was... had a
1: full life <laughs> full of a, a, of a every, lot.
0: You know, he lived the life that he wanted. And I think that's all any of us can really like set out to achieve.
1: I feel like even by his age, he lived a, Fuller life than me. Oh, he, yeah. He was... Well, duh, baby. He had a fuller life than you. You're 20... <laughs> Do you think that he was an
0: extrovert? Did you read the book? Of course he was an extrovert. What are you
1: talking about? I don't know. I got some introvert vibes. I'm just, okay. I'm just, I'm, I'm just, I'm just kidding.
0: Whatever. Um. Well, okay. <laughs> Stay tuned Monday. We're going to be covering the inevitable horror story. Fact or fiction? Hoax or real life? Uh, I don't know. We'll go through it all. But more spooks, less sex. Mm-hmm. A little bit less sexy. Yeah, there's still sexy in there. Ambival horror.
1: With the ghosts. The ghosties. Uh, Ghosty sexy. The ghost of Scotty Bowers. (laughs) (laughs)
0: All right, guys. Thank you so much for watching. We hope you have a fantastic weekend.
1: Adios.